0: This edition of the Generations Radio program originally aired in 2019. For additional shows on hundreds of topics, search our archives at generations.org.
1: Welcome, my friends, to the Generations Radio broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host, with you today. And confession time for Kevin Swanson. Although I have a Bachelor's of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering, I have to confess to you, my friends, I I hated my science classes. I, it was the biology class, the zoology class, my physiology class I took in college. I think it was a junior level physiology class I took in college. I, I hated it. It was It was the most boring, the most horrible experience in my college years. Now, see, now that's just unacceptable. That's just unacceptable. (laughs) That's just unacceptable. We're going to talk with Gordon Wilson in just a moment on the program. He is the producer and host of a new phenomenal creation video called The Riot and the Dance. But, hey, if science is boring, then God is boring. And that, my friends, is just plain blasphemous. No, no, no. No, no. Science isn't boring. God's world, God's works. Not boring. <laughs> Not boring. Not boring. Not boring, exactly. <laughs> oh, Dr. Gordon Wilson is with me today, the producer and host of a creation video called The Riot and the Dance. Gordon, welcome. It's Actually, good to have you. I'm
0: just the host. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm just the host, uh, somebody okay. else producer. Yeah.
1: Well, very good. Very good. Um, you know, it just seems to me that there needs to be a a Copernican Reformation in the area of science. And and I don't know if I've ever been more passionate. Now, I tend to be passionate, Gordon, but I'm not sure I've ever been this passionate about bringing the wonder and awe and the awesomeness of God and his creation back into yeah. our, our our homes, our schools, our colleges. It just seems to me that we need to bring the wonder of God and his creation back.
0: Amen amen
1: yeah that that animates you too, doesn't it?
0: yeah, um, I have loved biology all my life, and I know that it is the handiwork of God, yeah, and uh, as I said in the Riot and the dance nature documentary that to be bored in this world is to be boring in this world. If you see the world as boring uh then uh your perspective is wrong because God is majestic and uh, magnificent in his handiwork. Mm. And when we see it as mundane, there's a, there's a fundamental disconnect.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And I think we see a lot of things as mundane simply because it's common. And we need to realize how much design and awe-inspiring engineering that, and architecture that goes into living things. And mm. beauty, too, aesthetics, everything.
1: I like to use the example of Boeing 747s, you know, I mean, that's that's interesting, that's that's something, but hey, it's not like a bird, it doesn't reproduce, it doesn't have a cells that uh, fix themselves, yeah. it doesn't have, you know, you don't see little 747s coming out the back end of a jumbo jet. Right, you know,
0: exactly, they, and they don't preen themselves, <laughs> they, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They don't refuel themselves,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> whereas
0: uh, birds refuel themselves by eating. And it's ma- amazing, but it's because amazing. they, we take them for granted, and that is, uh, you know, the first time you saw think think back to the first time you saw even an old you know first model cell phone, and you saw your friend was showing you, hey, look what this does, and you were like, wow, that's amazing, and we we at first we're pretty impressed
1: mm.
0: and awestruck by new technology mm-hmm. but then once new technology gets online and everybody and their dog has one then it's be- it becomes ho hum yeah well and and when yeah god's lavish in his creation so it's sort of uh, based on our psyche we see why uh things become you know, can analyze your psyche as far as why things become boring. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, Yeah. yeah anyway. Well, I think we're also too enthralled with ourselves. Man is enthralled with what man accomplishes. And, uh, you know, when you study the, the the history of flight and you look at what Wil- Wilbur and Override did, they just sat there and looked at birds for eight years. I mean, they, seriously, I mean, they they, they were men who studied birds and if it wasn't for studying the bird there would be no flight period right and I think people Mm -hmm. forget this the original genius with a capital G is God the Creator himself right
0: I mean there's a whole industry called biomimetics to this day so it happened way back with the origin of man-made flight but today engineers are constantly looking to nature to find new uh, solution, engineering problems. They're looking to nature for solutions to these problems or new innovations. And because God is generous, he doesn't patent it and he doesn't copyright it. So we can mimic his designs without any copyright violation.
1: Hmm. Let me read a section uh, from my little book, "God Made Animals," for fifth to seventh grade, just uh, for you to interact with, just for a moment. And really, I think I'm trying to take off on what you've done with your your new film, "The Right and the Dance," and I'm trying to apply it to you know the younger kids. But, uh, right. but but listen to this: if you stood every kind of animal in the world side by side, you would be amazed at the variety of colors, shapes, sizes, abilities personalities, instincts, social habits, God has put into them. The varieties would go for mile after mile. You would see funny-looking animals, the platypus, the blobfish, the powerful animals, lions and elephants, the intelligent animals, dolphins and chimpanzees, the beautiful animals, the swan, the white tiger, the husky dog, the peacock, the panda bear, the ugliest animals, the proboscis monkey, the warthog, the star-nosed mole, the goblin shark and the batfish, the most dangerous animals, the great white shark, the lion, the cobra, the Sydney funnel spider, and the cutest animals, the wombat, the slow loris, the bottlenose dolphin, the penguin, kittens, puppies, and the arctic fox. Who made all these spectacular creatures? We learned something about our creator. This is amazing. Let's step back and look at this. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. And it's not just the awesomeness of the creation. It's also something of the awesomeness of the creator as well, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah. Because as I say in the in the film, that if you wanted to study, we I, I say biology is theology, mm-hmm. um, because theology is the study of God, and of course we can study God by looking and studying His Word, His uh, special revelation. But when we study natural revelation, we are gaining insight into God's character, God's mm-hmm. creative character. Uh, because when you mention all of the variety of different animals, he is a sculptor, but they're not static sculptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, they work, they operate so that he's not only a sculptor, he's an engineer yeah. and uh engineer of the highest order. Because these, as you said, these, these, these creatures reproduce, they behave, they interact, uh, much, mm. much more complex than anything that we can make. I mean, many, many orders of magnitude uh, beyond what our best engineers could
1: possibly come up with It's incredible, a thousand hallelujahs in order as we praise the Lord for his creation. we assign by the way, we assign a hymn at the end of every chapter. You simply have to sing the mighty power of God and the wisdom that ordained to yes. these things, I and mean, if you don't, I mean there's something wrong with you kind of thing you know um but here here's a question for you why why did he make some of these animals so funny looking, you know, why the ugliness? Why, why the cuteness? Well, why know, all of these why things? The cute?
0: Um, because we sometimes want to truncate. We want to pick and choose like God's creation is some kind of smorgasbord. And we, we say, okay, well, I want to think of God as the great father and creator of all that's cute. And so we yeah. have posters of baskets yeah. of kittens and we, we have, uh we we select those things that just scratch our itch as far as aesthetics, but he also made it, it's the goblin shark and the uh angler fish and things that are just <laughs> grotesque but um or bizarre mm-hmm. Now we also have to factor in that god uh this is why I call it the riot of the dance the the creation fell all creation groans mm-hmm. and god's uh judgment the fall the curse. Has, is definitely present in the world mm-hmm. and I think to a certain degree some of the cussedness, if you will of creatures, whether it's their behavior that causes uh, whether it's predators or mm-hmm. parasites mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. pathogens mm-hmm. Uh, the, the three big peas many of their behaviors are due to the fall there's a there's a transformation, and you can we can speculate as to how that transformation occurred before the fall, the ecology was completely benign. And again, it's hard for us to think outside the box. We are in the box. We are in the curse. We, we can't really fathom what it was like. We see little glimmers of it in Isaiah 11, where the lion lies, you know, lies down with the lamb. Yep. But before the fall, uh, everything was benign and, wonderful and harmonious we don't know what these creatures i don't think they all were cute and fuzzy before the fall i think Mm -hmm. snakes and cobras would probably be recognizable so i think that when we even though they may not have uh even though they did not eat each other before the fall i still think that there was a lot of diversity and form and uh, it says also that the child will play by the cobra's den it doesn't mean that Cobra is going to be fuzzy and cute, mm-hmm. but it means that no no one will dis- hurt or destroy in all my holy mountains, for mm. the earth will be as full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Amen. And, and, and that means that all sorts of bizarre, scaly uh, creatures, six-legged creatures would still be, I think, uh, recognizably what they are, but completely... Benign, uh, no antagonistic relationships
1: um, whatsoever. And we want to see the functionality of these animals as well. One of the most horrible creatures in the world is, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the little worm creature that just sucks up the dead material at the bottom of the sea, or the spider takes hold in uh, king's houses, the snake on the rock. You know, there's functionality that is just awesome. Yeah. 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 Incredible. Yeah,
0: Solomon said that a snake on a rock is one of the marvels, mm-hmm. uh, you know, too wonderful for him. As mm-hmm. and if you look at snakes crawling on sand, he said rock, but you know, sidewinders and yeah. their movement it's just uh, mind-bogglingly oh, complex. Oh man! Oh the man! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What is your favorite animal, Gordon?
0: Boy, that's really, really hard mm-hmm. um, because there, it's like saying, what's your favorite movie? There's mm-hmm. so many genres. There's so many genres of animals. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, you know, the the animal that I studied that I have a very uh, strong uh, attachment to because it was also something that turned me on to biology in, the, in my younger years and five or six years old was the eastern box turtle. And I also studied that for my doctorate uh, at George Mason university. So I really like their, there's pretty common turtles in the East. They're terrestrial. They're beautiful. They're uh, yellow or orange bars and blotches and sort of stripes on their back shell with a dark background, dark Brown background, beautiful turtles. But, uh, you know, there's also, that's, that's my favorite common animal, although they're not out where I live here in Idaho. I do have a very strong affection for reptiles and amphibians, so I would say that probably, as far as just interesting looks, it's the the vine snake, the green vine snake, that we uh, we actually showed a segment of of it in the riot and the dance. That's one of my favorite uh, snakes, but there's you know there's so many uh, I could probably. Rolodex through the mammals or in the birds. I really like puffins for birds. Oh,
1: beautiful, beautiful, um, beautiful birds. They're
0: beautiful and uh, compact and just, I, I love their tenacity and their perseverance. Um, but, you know, it's really hard. It's really hard to pick because yeah. there's so, it's such a rich, rich. Diversity, and I could, you know, ask me again next week, and I'll probably say something else.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> That's the wonderful thing of God's creation is you've got uh, yeah, thousands upon thousands yeah. upon thousands to choose from, and it it could be something different every week. Let's get back to your new creation, this is really science video from a, a Godward perspective. The riot and the dance, you know. Of course, everybody has their worldview. They presume when they bring a scientific message to the populace whether it be the BBC National Geographic or the Discovery Channel BBC assumes that you know all of this is chance it's random it's meaningless it's stupid impersonal disorder all evolved out right. of a chance universe that's their presumption yeah,
0: they'll still say how wonderful they'll yeah. still you know highlight and showcase the glory of it but they right. will attribute all of it to time chance matter and energy
1: right right that's blasphemy their their internal contradictions are hilarious but uh what do you assume in the production of your nature video
0: yeah the opposite um it's not an apologetic video in the sense that we're trying to prove the existence of god the same way that the bbc assumes that evolution did it all they don't try to prove evolution they just assume it Mm -hmm. and uh in the same way, we are, um, but in the opposite, we are assuming that God created it all. We are not trying to prove that he did. That is an underlying assumption, uh, a presupposition, if you will, that God is the author and, um, of all of it, hmm. and that he deserves 100% of the glory hmm. in the created order.
1: Absolutely, no. absolutely. As you set out to to do this, uh, you went to Sri Lanka, to Arizona. You were scuba diving in Hawaii. You went around the world to produce uh, this riot in the dance, and I think other videos, which hopefully will come out in the future. Yeah, there. Yep. Uh, what, what what's your favorite experience in all of the filming that you did?
0: Boy, um, that is. I really liked Sri Lanka a lot when we were. Up in the, when we were in the rainforest in Sinaraja uh, National Park, that was amazing, uh, catching kangaroo lizards and, um, the, uh, uh, bronze keelback, uh, snake. Um, I also got to hold, uh, that green vine snake that I was mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, that was a wonderful experience. I really loved the Sonoran desert mostly because all my life, you know, uh looking at field guides, I'd I would yearn for catching reptiles down in the southwest and but it was always just pictures in books. Mm-hmm. And then now I was able to be on site in the Sonoran desert down in southern Arizona where I was uh catching coach whip snakes and, and uh Sonoran whip snakes. Um, that really stood out as one of my favorite times. I I enjoyed the snorkeling and the scuba diving, but I would have to say, even though that it's a a much more bizarre world, and I think it's in many ways attractive to people because it's sort of foreign and it's sort of alien because it's outside their normal, normal existence. People are a little more familiar with terrestrial creatures. And when you go underwater, it's, it's just, it gives that, Added element of the bizarre and the alien, mm-hmm. and that was enjoyable. That it was somewhat harrowing when we were uh, snorkeling off of the north shore of Oahu. I would say that was quite an experience, ser- being circled by 20 to 30 Galapagos and sandbar sharks. Mm-hmm. Wow. But that's going to be. You saw the teaser at the end of *Right in the Dance* one. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was giving you uh, a peek at the the next episode, which is Riot and the Dance Two, which is going to be Water, mm. and that should be coming out sometime late this year.
1: Okay, uh, you know uh, one of the things that I'm I'm trying to do as I create a uh, science curriculum with a sense of wonder and awe for. His primary school children, is how do we identify God's power and wisdom and goodness? How do we get into the mode of saying, okay, now I see the goodness of God in this aspect of his creation? As in mm-hmm. symbiosis, for example, you know, the, uh, the blind shrimp, the goby fish kind of thing. Yeah. How do you identify God's goodness in that symbiosis?
0: symbiosis and mutualism where it's beneficial to both creatures, you're seeing that harmony that both of these creatures are synergistically living together, they're both helping each other out and so you see God's benevolence in, mm. uh, in his creation. Now it's not all symbio; it's not, well symbiosis is the general term which can be um, living together and that can be parasitic or mutualistic and mutualism is is more of uh, hearkening back to the pre fall world. God has left us enough of enough examples of that wonderful harmony that existed in the pre fall world, so that a reminder. But um, again, we have to realize that sin has introduced all sorts of uh, antagonistic relationships that we see. And I think that also tells us uh, something of God because it tells us how much God hates sin because the curse, uh, the fall and the curse are because of Adam's sin. And when the whole creation groans, the whole thing was subjected to futility. That tells us that it wasn't just we got punished directly. But the whole created order, which we were put over in the dominion mandate, that whole thing was subjected to futility. And that mm-hmm. should really tell us how much God hates sin. Yeah. We shouldn't say, how could a good God create parasitism or predator-prey relationships? We should say, God hates sin.
1: mm. And these are indications of the fall, and yet still common yep. grace, and yet still the common mercy of God, common, yeah. sustaining and sustaining exactly. and sustaining His creation, despite the effects of sin in this world. I think of exactly. the, the blue streak wrasses, is that how you pronounce it? The street blue streak mm-hmm. wrass that that does the cleaning station for the barracudas and the sweet-lips fish. That's pretty amazing, because as I understand, the barracuda is a carn- carnivorous fish, and yet submits to teeth cleaning in the cleaning station. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. That
0: is phenomenal. And you see also birds that pick the uh, basically uh, crocodiles just don't have the fine motor skills to floss and so all (laughs) they have to do is gape and birds (laughs) will walk into the mouth, this gaping maw of a crocodile and uh, pick the goodies out between the teeth. And yet with impunity, and, and knowing that the crocodile will not snap shut. I don't know if, mm. if it's ever gone south, but um, mm. that's just, uh, again, another terrestrial example of the cleaning stations underwater.
1: Friends, it's a riot. It's wonderful. A, friends, it's a riot in a dance. That's what God exactly. has the created. Exactly. The
0: riot is the, 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 fa- the fallenness of creation, and the dance is uh the glory of God that we still see very clearly mm. in all of God's handiwork. And so that Romans one twenty still is very very pertinent. God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. There's plenty of dance there mm. that God has uh that man is very manifest today.
1: Gordon, I think I have a personal beef about how humanist atheists are destroying science and they're just sucking the wonder out of science, destroying it at various levels uh, because they deny God. But how do we do just the opposite? How, you know, g- give us, g- give those families that are listening to this program a clue as to how we can return meaning, purpose, and value back into science, so we're just not pouring facts into kids' brains right. and turning it into well, a boring fest.
0: Often, our curriculum, we have to be careful with curriculum because often yeah. it is a data dump, you know, learn this, learn this, learn this. And I think it's fine, but I th- I think it's fine to have, uh, I, I wrote curriculum, but I wanted to write it in, this is for high school, college, I wanted to try to capture the imagination, try to write in a way that it was personal and it wasn't this robotic textbook writer that was just jumping out information. Yeah. I wanted them to see that it was God's handiwork. And so I think what's best with the younger grades is to, like you said, do uh, one of the parts of your curriculum is go out and do it. What I love is to see kids, rather than playing video games, getting out and catching frogs and catching snakes and catching bugs and looking at flowers and seeing God's handiwork. And uh, Mm. a Christian parent, rather than uh, stifling it and saying, get that thing out of here. Now, usually that doesn't happen with flowers, but but boys, little boys aren't bringing home flowers. Maybe the girls are, but, um, well, that was a generalization, but they're usually bringing home, uh, creepy crawlies. Mm-hmm. Now there's always house rules, but you want to make sure as a parent that you're not going to quench that innate curiosity that is in your children. And you want to, uh, foster that appreciation. Often those kids, many kids go through that stage, but they are often that, that stage that, that delight is, is snuffed out by parents who just are a little over, over scrupulous, over meticulous about Mm. uh, making sure that everything is perfectly tidy and don't get that, you know, I'm fine with house rules, but really encourage the kids innate curiosity and, and also give glory to God. Don't we often make the, the the facts, and we sort of, you know, in some abstract sense, the kid knows that God made it, but we need to really make sure that the kids understand that God didn't just pop, I mean, he did pop it into existence, but he designed it. We sometimes imagine God as if he's this magician that like popped a rabbit out of a hat, and, and we know that magicians don't do that, that's an illusion, but um, if if they actually did like the magicians who actually had serpents that Moses' serpent ate their serpent, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was clear who was in charge. But they did with their magic arts; they popped things into uh, existence. We know that God didn't just do; he he designed it yeah. down to the cellular level. That's right. And God 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 needs to be. At whatever age group that's appropriate, you explain to your children that God designed that creature and designed its uh, be- its abilities and its behaviors, and and that shows the connect link between artwork and artist.
1: And that's Um, one of the lessons that I have learned as well. And I'm trying to incorporate into my family life, not just to wait till family worship time or a family devotion time to give God all the glory, but just last night watching the most amazing sunset to the west coming south on the I 25 freeway through Denver. It was incredible. And I think at that point, at the very point at which we confront the genius, the wisdom, the goodness, the gorgeous majesty of Almighty God, we sing, I sing the mighty power of God, right. the wisdom that ordained, right there and then. I mean, we, we've got to find a way to bring that worship closer into the chemistry right. classroom, the biology classroom. We've got to integrate it, Gordon. The encouragement, friends, is uh, we we need to... First and foremost, be overcome by the awesomeness of God ourselves, and uh, and be an example uh, to our children. And then, you know, as as the Holy Spirit of God works in their hearts, they will respond uh, likewise. Well, uh, I'd like to encourage folks to these resources from Doctor Gordon Wilson. Uh, he is the host of The Riot in the Dance. It's available online at Amazon Prime, Canon Press, and a few other places online. Also, Dr. Gordon Wilson has a new book out called A Different Shade of Green, The Biblical Approach to Environmentalism and the Dominion Mandate. Well, I appreciate the uh, the exchange today. Uh, Gordon, it's been excellent. Let's continue this uh, this message because I think it needs to get out more so.
0: Thank you very much, uh, Kevin. It was great having a chat with you.
1: This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.